All right, here we go. And rolling sound, quiet. Here we go. Ready. And starting right on the lens. Ready. Okay. And and action. Writer, producer, actor. You're a retired or retired musician. Which one I want? Which which are you? Which which am I? A actor. Actor. Okay. Yeah. Um, finish this line. The arts are important because. The arts are important because. I feel like it's not going to make sense. We, the arts are important because uh, uh, we need we need identity. We need uh, we need culture. We need uh, unity. We you know we need uh, we need color. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. This show is meant to shed light on undertold stories out of Africa. Our vision is to introduce you to some extraordinary people doing incredible things, and to ultimately change the lens through which African and Africans are seen. My name is Kondwani Mwase, and today's episode is Center Stage. Today's conversation features my one-on-one chat with Dalmar Abuzaid. If you didn't know it, Dalmar's all but a household name inside and outside Canadian borders. His signature role was as Danny Van Zandt on the hit show Degrassi, The Next Generation. And as if it wasn't enough that he found his footing on that popular show, he's followed that up on yet another iconic Canadian series, having been cast as Sebastian Bash Lacroix on CBC's and with an E. I met Dalmar at his apartment in Toronto. He had just finished work on an episode of Anne with an E when he made time for 54. I was curious to know what it'd be like to spend time with a young man who'd made such inroads in his career. Would he be grounded? Intense? Welcoming? What I experienced in our hour-long meeting was the thoughtful perspective of a humble and hard-working professional. It's time. Let's go center stage with Dalmar. Here, in part, is our conversation. I went on to Baby Center. <laughs> and I looked up Dalmar, yeah. and Dalmar on Baby Center says uh, that it means origin and or popularity. Then I went on to Baby Names Media, and which I, I'm assuming is a lesser authority, and it said that <laughs> Dalmar means versatile. So yeah. I think 
let me take a step back. Does it mean anything? Or maybe you can give me your, your full name. Yeah. And what, if anything, that means. So my name is Dalmar Fugoyo Abuzaid. And Dalmar, yeah, versatile is there. Uh, my mom's told me, she always tells me world traveler. Okay. Is what, uh, is what the name means. Uh, Dal means world and Mar means traveler. The language, I always, every time I ask her, it seems that I've misheard the language. Uh, so, so I'm not positive on, on what, what language specifically, but, but world traveler is always the sense that I've had and versatility. What, and, what are the origins? Som- Somali name. Somali name. Yeah, okay. yeah. Delmar okay. is a Somali name. So anyone in uh, in Eastern Africa, like if we're talking uh, Djibouti, Somalia, yeah. everyone knows a Delmar. It's, for uh, sure, for sure. Uh, Abu Zaid. Abu Zaid is Abu Zaid? the yeah is the uh, Abu Zaid is the is the tribe that my mom's and and grandmother's family, like the ancestry, the ancestry came. It was a, it was a, the Azande tribe in okay. the south of Sudan. Which is where that name uh, comes from, um, and so it's it's just a name in that uh, in that tribe. Very cool. And uh, Afugoyo is uh, what's is this idea of like sharing? Uh, I kind of don't know how it breaks down, but like I remember my mom telling me what's what's uh, I guess like what's someone's is someone else's kind of in the, in the spirit of sharing. Like what's mine is yours in that kind of sense. I think is what. Uh, is my understanding of Fugoyo. Um, so that's my name, yeah. I typically ask this question a little bit afterwards in the in the interview, but I feel like asking it now, because you're an actor, versatility, even sharing, like sharing of yourself, even though I, I'm, I'm making a huge leap here, but do you feel your name is like, do you feel like it's a perfect fit for, for who you are now? Um... Yeah, yeah. I never kind of related it to acting. So funny, but um, I have always thought that versatility and adaptability and sharing and you know generosity have always been things that I'm proud to know that my name means. World traveler as well, because yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the most adventurous when it comes to exploring and going somewhere new. But I, but I really appreciate the value of traveling and learning about other people's way of life and other cultures and I like to think that I am versatile and and adaptable and and all of that so it's things that I'm proud of and it's things that are are reflected in my name so I've always kind of taken that as a point of pride have you ever considered changing your name no never considered changing my name I've seen it happen I've seen the reasons for it I guess uh, there's just something in me that's, you know, not not out of, not, you know, trying to defy or anything, but I just mm-hmm. never, it never occurred to me to change my name. I, yeah, I just think. This is who you this are. This is my name. That's, yeah, that's Fantastic. it. <laughs> no, I love it. And it, it, sorry, that question just came to me. And I sort of, it's a good point. It's, no, it's, I, I've seen it happen. Some of my yeah. friends, yeah, who yeah. have changed their names, uh, you know, in order, because uh, there's the, you know, their name is either too hard to pronounce for a certain audience or it's uh it's uh they have a name that a lot of people have maybe and so they you know i have a friend who changed his first and last name i mean it's it's i guess it, it, the name translates to what it is now mm-hmm. in english from what it was before but he's yeah both but both he's, he's swapped yeah both of them yeah huh. what does somalia mean to you it's it's not a very uh prevalent 
piece of my life growing up. It's yeah, un- unfortunately, it's not that because uh, that comes from my uh, dad's side, mm-hmm. and I'm I was never close with my father, so I, I my mom raised me mm-hmm. here. Yeah, you were born in Toronto, right? Born in Toronto. Yeah, yeah she uh, came from Sudan. Um, which I also have not been to, and I wanted to go this year, but uh, you know, with with the situation there and and planning it all out, we've just decided to push it. Growing up, I, I really was uh, immersed in the culture of Toronto, of of, of, of in Canadian culture. Mm-hmm. I, I grew mm-hmm. up in the East End in the beaches, and I went to. Despite living in the beaches, I went to a French Catholic school, so there again, I wasn't really part of the beach community. I yeah. was in a French Catholic school in the beach community. And then went downtown, uh, and uh, and met uh, a lot more of a of a diverse crowd when I went to high school, um, and so you know, growing up, my mom was obviously made uh, information about her culture and her heritage available to me. I think that I was much more, you know, concerned, and she, and she never kind of it was never. Uh, imposed on me so mm-hmm. I feel like I really kind of gravitated to what was around me which yeah. was this uh, Franco-Ontarian culture in a way plus the friends that I was growing up with in my neighborhood um, so so if anything it was like some some Sudanese culture that is, has stayed with me and has been imprinted on me and and uh, more than anything else more than Somali culture for interesting. example interesting um, what got you into acting like what yeah, honestly like I I was a, I love being the person, you know, this kind of a, what do you call that? Like a, a bit of a contradiction where I wanted all of the attention and I wanted, I wanted people to look at me. I wanted people to laugh at anything that I said. I, I, I love, I guess I was a bit of the class clown. Yeah. You know, I love that attention growing up. Uh, didn't know that acting was a thing. Spent a lot of time watching cartoons and just like there was nothing greater than the feeling of escaping into a story or a story that kind of excited me. There was no greater feeling than that that I can remember. Yeah. Like I, you, you know, you give me free time, and I was like, I'm going to go into this portal, into another world, you know, and just lose, lose, and myself. lose myself and just discover so many things that I didn't know. And it's endless. The possibilities are endless. So I, that idea was like a powerful thing for me when I was a kid. When I was 11, I. My my cousin at the time, uh, who was older than me and so a bit of a role model for me, was hilarious. He was, um, you know, just the life of the party. He could make me laugh all the time. I wanted to be like him, and uh, so he was an, he was acting. And I remember one day being at his place, and uh, there was a commercial on TV. It was a commercial that he just uh, that he shot. Yeah. I mean, like we'll call it like months ago. I might, it could have easily been months ago. And there it was on TV. Quick two seconds. He's like a I don't know if it was like a, a fisherman's friend or something. Like just like a throat lozenge commercial. And he's on a boat. And it looks like he's at sea. And he's like uh, I don't know if he's, if the ship is going down or what. But he just kind of salutes. Um, and that was kind of it. And you kind of it's black and white too. It was a black and white commercial. And uh, and just like full grin and just salutes in a in what you know in a, in his rain jacket, uh, so he's at sea and, and there's a storm anyways. And so that was on TV. He was just getting his paycheck for that commercial nice. that day. Nice. So I saw him open it and he's like, "Yeah, I made uh, I think it was like a thousand or something dollars yeah. for that." And I was like, 
And at the time, I was uh, delivering newspapers. That was like my part-time job when I was like 10 or 10, or 10 I think. Yeah. So you're like, this guy's rolling. Yeah, I was, I was making 100 bucks a month. And, and I'm looking at him like, one day... You were you played uh, Danny Van Zandt on Degrassi, the the uh, Next Generation. How did it, uh, you know, how did it feel to be part of such a like an iconic show? Uh, definitely didn't realize it at the time. Okay. I and even like, I would I'd even say that like it's it's recently and obviously in the years after, not even recently, yeah, the years after doing the show that I kind of understood the scope of it. When I, when I auditioned for Degrassi, I didn't know what it was. I didn't watch Degrassi. I was really... I watched cartoons for a long time. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I just didn't know. So, you know, and, and I remember kids in my school, in my elementary school... Have you done any voiceovers for cartoons? No, I've never done one. I can't like, get a voiceover like, job. I don't know why. Just, and I'm like, I'm like, putting it out there. I want to be on a cartoon... Why haven't I done it until now? I haven't. It's an unrealized, unrealized uh, thing. Like, like now, just like aspiration for you. Like, yeah, forget it. I want to. I want to be the voiceover. I'm sorry. It was sorry a source. To <laughs> no, I just like it's just a funny point. That's true. Like I just to this day. Um, so I, uh, I, I didn't. You know, kids in my elementary school were like, "Oh, what if you got on Degrassi one day?" And I thought, I don't know, really, what that is. And and so I remember getting the audition. It was I had auditioned for it twice, and it was the second time that they ended up giving me this part of Danny Van Zandt. I'd auditioned for the principal's son, which didn't make sense because the principal couldn't be my dad, different, you know, different ethnicity. Yeah. So what they, because, and I, I think they hadn't cast the principal at the point yet. So they, they were still looking to kind of build this family. So I didn't, they, you know, I didn't end up being that, but they liked me enough to give me this other part and make me the brother of uh, Sarah uh, Barable Tishauer, who was uh, Liberty. So that was uh, a month after. I remember I was I was playing outside. My mom called me. It's like you know she would go to the backyard and I'd be like a couple of yards over and she would just kind of yell yeah. and I would hear and then I would you just then I just run back, yeah. run down the street and then to the house and that was when uh, I you know had a wardrobe fitting and that was really the start of like understanding what it meant to be on set and all of the. Uh, the ins and the outs, you know, it was like, it's just like a, a whole new world basically for yeah. me. And, uh, and so it was, uh, I remember doing the first season, uh, the uh, one episode had come out. I had maybe one scene in the episode. I went to my cousin's place in, uh, they lived in the South of California. Okay. And I went to their school, their middle school, and I got swarmed for like autographs. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this must have been... This was like, yeah, this was like 2004 and I got swarmed, I remember. And like, I, yeah, it was nuts. I, I, that was when I kind of, that was the first time anything like that had ever happened to me. Was, was that your signature role in terms of turning the, the corner in your career? If that's. Yeah. Yeah, it like, was without realizing it, but yeah, it was. Cause I, it ended up being a job, a role that I did for six years. It became a norm and I, and, and I didn't quite understand it as like a as like a as like my job job at the time I think but it was like what I was used to and I and I kind of got my understanding of what it was to be on a set made you know my close friends there I met Ray there yeah nice so so that was uh definitely a turning point because it was after coming out of that 
that I did, that I was starting to make the decision that I was going to make acting my job. Is it, as number after, one? Yeah, number one. And it was once the show was, com- like, I was completely done on the show and had gone through years of, like, uh, a, a bit of a tough stretch of, like, not really working mm-hmm. after that and not, and not being aware that that was kind of the ups and... Uh, that's what the yeah. nature of the business a little bit, right? Yeah. Can you tell me about Sebastian Bash Lacroix? He is a, uh, a coal trimmer um, from Trinidad. He meets Gilbert uh, on a steamship where Gilbert has been working and has decided to, yeah, start working uh, after leaving at the end of the first season to kind of find himself and discover, you know, what there is to life out there. Yeah. And I've been on this ship now for 10 years, so there's about that much uh, time of a difference in age between me and Gilbert, mm-hmm. between Sebastian and Gilbert. So Sebastian is a culture, which is the, the guys that would feed coal to the steam engines at the turn of the century, at the, uh, at the 19th century, uh, 20th century. And uh, so Sebastian comes from Trinidad. He's like a, a charming, you know, what do you want to call it? Like, a, you know, full of energy, you know, good-natured, uh, hardworking, um, you know, likes to laugh. But a very, like a strong character as well, like a very... Yes, he's got dreams. He's got very strong dreams. Yeah. And like he, you know, the idea behind his backstory is that he left his home at the age of 17 to make a living for himself and, and, and uh, aspires to, to you know, he's got, he's got dreams and he wants yeah. to, and, and concrete dreams that he wants to kind of reach. He wants to make a, a name for himself, have a life for himself and not be... Uh, not have to to serve anyone at that time, which was a very radical idea. For sure, for sure. I've got a couple questions on uh, on him and, and obviously your portrayal of him. Uh, I'll start with the lighter one, though, is I, I heard it in another interview that you picked up the Trini accent. Is that, oh, sorry, I, I don't know if that's true, but I yeah. think it is by... Taping your friend is that? Yes, right. Yeah, totally. I uh, I have a friend who is Trinidadian. When I got the audition, I had two or three days to basically drill this accent yeah. because they the breakdown said excellent accent. Yeah, that's why, that's why I was like, wait a minute, they don't give you lead time for this, do they? Or no, like it really is a matter of like the part of it is like they'll find the person because the person will be will you know that will be part of the person that they end up choosing really yeah. kind of thing and it's like if you you either can do it or you can't but the person that they're going to choose they want to see that so i thankfully got uh, a bit of i think i would say probably a day extra than what of, of notice maybe from my agent and i had a friend that i immediately thought of asked him funny enough this friend uh, a few actors in the city know him so he was kind of that week, I think he had to be like going around and being like, sure, I'll help you out. Sure, I'll help you out. He just had to offer his services suddenly. And uh, so I basically, guy in town yeah, he suddenly time. became a popular kind of resource. Um, so I, I asked him to record, I recorded, I had him record all of my lines. And then I went and did the work, obviously, of like figuring out what the scene was and kind of mapping out what I had, a, what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then I was trying to, to, get the accent to a place where it was it felt natural so i learned the accent from his kind of i, I asked him some questions about uh, my friend my friend uh, his name is mix um i asked him 
I asked him questions about his life. I asked him questions about the script. He was able to point things out. And because it was being, the, the script was being, uh, was written by the team, but it, but, uh, inspired by uh, Shernald Edwards, who is uh, Trinidadian. Um, it was all things that were true and, and part of the Trinidadian... It was often in within the script. Yes, yes, uh, that he was able to recognize and kind of inform me about, like, this. oh, yeah, this is what uh, this is what this dish is like. Mm. This is what... Uh, that's a funny line there. Yeah, yeah, I would say something like that. And then, you know, I recorded all of... I recorded all of, of what, you know, even the conversations that we were having because then it's nice to see what it's like when he's just speaking versus yeah. what when he's reading right so uh yeah i got him to to help me out with that and then uh, i studied it and tried to i basically just had the time to l- listen to his voice and then after that i would try to get as many resources as i can i would try to yeah find the accent anywhere the whole process of immersing yourself in a character learning the lines the the all of the that cadence and then on top of that you got to pick up a, an accent that isn't yours yeah so is that the hardest thing or is, is something else the hardest thing like um it's it's a concrete thing the accent you know like you hear it and i think i'm my my own worst critic because i um, i'm always like no not quite no not quite but it's a concrete thing and so when i feel that i have when i f- it's it's a very kind of like not black and white but a thing that i'm like yes okay there it is that sounds good that feels good and sometimes it can have an effect of like informing the performance as well, and so it kind of serves to help. I'm able to do things when I'm do when I have the accent that I wouldn't have thought of or wouldn't have had the instinct to do if I wasn't doing the accent. So I'm kind of grateful for that. It it, it definitely kind of uh, weaves itself with the, with my performance. Um, it's not the hardest. It's not the hardest thing. No, like at, at first, it's a lot of like. It takes a lot of my attention. It took a lot of my attention in preparing for it. Um, but then as I go on, is the question is like understanding the scene and it feeling authentic to me. I think that's the thing that I'm always chasing when I'm when I'm doing a scene. And so the accent, the the outfit, the the setting, they are all huge help. They're they're all a huge kind of asset to me in kind of going for that truth of whatever the moment is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is your character, because um, Sebastian, is that character more important for black audiences, white audiences? Oh, wow. You know, and, and the reason I'm asking that is just because, and, and I, like, I, I hadn't really watched Anne of Green Gables, like the the original, the original there, yeah. I, nor had I read the book and all that it's based on or any of the spinoffs um, and maybe partially because there was no representation of me in there mm. uh, partially let's say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so as, as your character has emerged as a like as a new thing in the whole series like this is a, a watershed moment I'm like it just struck to me the other day and I was like is this more important for black people or more important for like black people, yeah. people of color? Yeah, or is this yeah. more important for white, white audiences to see this other perspective? Um, and I, like I have my own answer, but it doesn't matter. Like, what's your answer to that? Yeah. I, uh, I had, uh, I had never thought about it from that point of view, like more important for, for an audience other than, than a black audience. Like I'd never thought about it from that point of view, but I think that that is true. Yeah. Because you know, it, it, it it's, introducing something that 
that I think it was like, a, for example, like a, a, the community in the bog is historically true. And were it not for introducing me in this way, in this celebrated story, I don't think that people would, it wouldn't be on the front of people's minds. It wouldn't be, they wouldn't be reminded of it because mm-hmm. I, I even was not kind of aware that there was this community that existed um, and kind of bash helps to, to shine a light on that, which I think is important. And, and I as well did not watch Anne. I didn't grow up with it. Um, I grew up with uh, another show, which was a cartoon, Pippi Longstocking, which I think was influenced mm-hmm. by Anne of Green Gables because the character is an orphan and she's yeah. got braids. So this, this idea made sense to me. And, and obviously uh, I was not as familiar with it. I think it's so, it's such a great thing to, have a story and then kind of expand it in such a way that people feel invited into this, into this, uh, into this story. I think that that's so important. And, and I kind of had not separated, I was like for a black audience though, or for a white yeah, audience. It's a bit, and I don't yeah. know that it's black and white, but you know, yeah. you know like literally that, but it, you know, it, it is interesting because now like, I feel like, Oh, like it just didn't, I, I'm obviously I had to interview you. So I was like, okay, let me, let me, let me, really kind of really understand this show and then I was sort of like had this not happened had I not had an interview with you I don't know that I would have ever even looked at that show mm. again had it not even been Fernality's involvement in it and then mm. I'm like oh there's a there's a whole world being exposed now through Dalmar that now I'm like maybe I would have yeah so that's my curiosity and then I'm thinking of quote-unquote white households mm-hmm. and they're Education now because this is historically accurate as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, that's that's the, the the genesis of the question. Yeah, I've had uh, you know actors, you know actors that I that I respect in the industry that have kind of been at it for longer than me that have come and said it to me like one one in particular that I'm thinking of who said that he's happy that uh, you know there is a character that he sees on his on this show that he could sit down and watch with his family that that and and he's seeing representation mm-hmm. and he says that uh that's such an important thing for him and, and him telling me that i kind of you know was, was super happy because and and proud of of that kind of that moment um and and yeah so so it's it's uh it's it's so important and and i think that a lot of people have are, are appreciative of that i know that some people would like the story to have remained the same, but uh, I, I just think that it was it, this idea of expanding the universe of a story that already exists is so exciting to me, and I and it's and, and that's because of uh, yeah, that's because I can appreciate you know what it means for for everyone, kind of more people coming together. It's like there's a wider audience that can identify with this story of what it is to be Canadian. And I think that that's a great uh, message. How much of, um, I'm going off on a little bit of tangent here, but how much of you is in the roles that you've played? Like, do you bring yourself there or is it sort of like, no, I'm, I'm all Sebastian. Or do you say, no, I can call it like how much of that is. Yeah. It's, I think that there, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer that it's all kind of like, it's just sides of myself and, and I really got to do the work of like revealing it and, and developing it and fleshing it out and making it more than just a two dimensional thing. You know, that's, that's part of why I'm also in classes so that, so that I've got more 
depth and and more room in in in, in if, if I'm playing a character you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, but I've always kind of since I for as long as I can remember think that I'm just bringing a side of myself I'm just revealing or I'm just showing you what I look like you know, under this circumstance because that's kind of that's that's what I know that's what I know that's that's what I can offer um and you know it, it, it it's great when it's a side of myself that I don't recognize and it's a side of myself that that other people don't recognize because yeah. it helps me to kind of transform and and those sides of myself sit in different places and obviously I'm not going to show I I want to be you know like I am now I want to be positive and in a good mood and and uh and open and and friendly but maybe the side of myself that's kind of like reserved and and uh uh closed off and and uh and upset and bitter is something that I might need to become familiar with and 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 show and let people see mm. in order to in order to kind of uh, uh reflect a different character a different role a yeah. different role so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah so um, so you're you're in there so uh, it's me yeah it's always me is what i feel like my favorite actor is hmm my favorite actor, uh, I, I really, you know, I really admire Idris Elba. Uh, I really admire his uh, career, and I really admire the the person I see, you know, in, in interviews and in movies. I, I really like Idris Elba. Fantastic. So, but but so my favorite guilty pleasure is oh, uh, <laughs> my favorite guilty pleasure these days it's ice cream. Is it? Yeah, it's like I it's like I have an appointment with ice cream every day, and I never miss it. Um, All right, okay, okay. Guys, like I eat just so that I have a, an excuse to have a, a dessert. Uh, that's it. Nice. And I think you've done all of these, but the theater, mm-hmm. TV media, uh, TV miniseries, uh, or movies, because you've also, uh, I've I've never like uh, you know done long term movies. Okay, rapid fire, a, a, t- a TV miniseries. I think TV okay. is like my my jam. Okay, um, same question, but what's the toughest? Uh, probably theater. I think that it's such a a demanding and and uh, all encompassing and and. Uh, you know, you really need to you need to have autonomy as an actor to kind of handle where you're going to go, investigate what your character wants, remember what the story is, and deliver and be present every moment. There's like a demand that you need to do that. So there you have it. The conversation continues. I'd like to thank my guests for their participation and candor. Audio for this episode was mixed with the support of our producer, John Kitt, and partly recorded at Corner Studios in Toronto. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed, with permission, by Anjo. Remember to find us wherever you do your listening. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. 
listen, like, share. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.